Exploring Political Personalities, The Micro-Foundation of Local Policy Innovation in China, a paper by Orion Lewis, Jessica Tietz, and Riza Hazmath. Section 1, Introduction. Policy innovation is an important source of endogenous institutional change and promotes better governance by allowing policymakers to test policies before being adopted by other local governments or scaled up nationally. Despite these advantages, developing new policies comes with the attendant possibility of failure and challenges vested interests. Policy innovation is thus an inherently risky action. So why do policymakers engage in innovation? Scholars contend that the determinants of policy innovation are extrinsic motivations like promotion and punishment incentives, with subsequent diffusion attributed to learning from earlier adopters, economic competition among proximate jurisdictions, imitation of larger jurisdictions, and coercion by governments. However, in an authoritarian context, policy innovation may be riskier, even seen as a challenge to political leaders. Despite the potential perceived threat, policy innovation is even more vital to social stability, regime durability, and good governance than in democratic contexts, since authoritarian systems generally lack feedback mechanisms from lower levels of government and society. Several authoritarian leaders have seemingly recognized this benefit, with examples of policy innovation occurring in Russia, Vietnam, and Chile under Pinochet. Indeed, policy innovation is a key ingredient to the China model of development, where the central government relied on local governments to gradually reform institutions. In these authoritarian cases, local governments are theorized to innovate in response to governance challenges under the watchful eye of the central government. These extrinsic explanations of policy innovation offer a strong understanding of the political opportunity structure, but suffer from the inability to explain variation. If risk is offset by promotion and punishment incentives, why is policy innovation not more uniform? In response, several scholars argue that intrinsic motivations better explain policy innovation. Roberts and King posit that there is an innovative personality that encourages certain officials to innovate even if the structural factors are not conducive. These policy entrepreneurs, in the classic kingdom sense, distinguish themselves through their desire to significantly change current ways of doing things in their area of interest. Overall, researchers find that these policy makers have a high degree of self-efficacy and are risk takers. Despite attempts to incorporate individual variation into structural explanations, these studies are often based on small samples and rely on the use of personality typologies, making the findings difficult to generalize or use for theory building. Our study addresses this gap by focusing explicitly on the interaction between extrinsic and intrinsic motivations for policy innovation in the case of subnational officials in China. We argue that individual preferences for policy innovation are a vital but often missing part of the explanation, and that the interaction between these preferences and institutional incentives determine policy innovation. Moreover, we argue that these preferences, or innovative personalities, are foundational to explaining policy innovation, in that even as the institutional context shifts to discourage innovation, certain policy entrepreneurs will continue to innovate. We use the case of China because it is a single-party state with annual performance evaluations as a governing mechanism that creates clear extrinsic motivation. These evaluations assign points for accomplishing specific tasks set by the government, and the points enable promotion and bonuses. This strong bureaucratic system means that we should expect less variation in local officials' behavior making China a crucial case for an individual preferences argument. As a crucial or most likely case, if we find significant variation in such a strong authoritarian bureaucracy, 
correlated to willingness to innovate. This gives us stronger evidence of the importance of individual level factors. Furthermore, the case of China allows a natural experimental design in that under Xi Jinping's rule since 2012, previously high levels of policy innovation have been declining due to heightened political risk. We are thus able to examine if intrinsic motivation influenced policy innovation even as the incentives, extrinsic motivation, disappear. Section 2. Individual Personality and Policy Innovation To better understand how individual-level attributes interact with structural incentives, we rely on theories of political behavior rooted in cognitive psychology, notably personality theory. Political behaviorists empirically examine the interactions between genetic and environmental factors in shaping political behavior. This emerging literature provides a good empirical basis for revisiting discussions of political personality and other individual characteristics that drive political decision-making. The literature on political behavior has highlighted the importance of personality traits as a cause of political orientations. Adorno first proposed the concept of an authoritarian personality as the social psychology basis of Hitler's fascist regime. Subsequent research has recognized a prominent feature of the authoritarian personality is a respect for and attachment to authority. This corresponds theoretically to conservative traits in democracies, such as conventionalism, structure, and the need for cognitive closure. Carney et al. find that two traits, openness to new experiences and consciousness, are highly associated with individual differences underlying political orientation. Altmaier, studying the authoritarian personality, outlines three basic features. Authoritarian submission, where individuals blindly submit to authority. Authoritarian aggression, in individuals when they believe truth and physical advantage is on their side and conventionalism, where one believes that everybody should follow norms and customs. These personality types hold conservative attitudes about culture, resolutely defend the norms and conventions advocated by authority, and comply with a patriarchal family structure. With respect to policy innovation, personality theory links to a literature regarding the innovative personality that is associated with a willingness to take risks as well as the ability to cooperate. Roberts and King extend a traditionally structural understanding of policy innovation to include individual level attributes by arguing that there is an innovative personality that encourages certain policymakers to innovate even if the structural factors are not conducive. Mintrome and Norman developed a policy entrepreneur framework to theorize about these individuals who are willing to accept high degrees of risk. They are characterized by social acuity or the effective understanding of others and an ability to engage in policy conversations, are effective at defining problems and thereby gaining attention, and effective at building teams. This utilization of individual level attributes corresponds with growing literature on risk propensity and personality. Scholars in fields such as economics, policy studies, and international relations study how loss aversion and other psychological factors distinguish among different risk thresholds and subsequent behaviors. This developing area of mesotheory offers promise in linking together the micro-theory of individual attributes like personality with the macro-theory of institutional structures and incentives to produce behavioral outcomes. Many of these studies, which dominate the China-oriented literature, focus on how policy entrepreneurs overcome collective action problems through the use of incentives, which can be material, solidary, or purposive. As Clerk and Wilson define, material incentives consist of rewards such as career advancement or compensation. Solidary incentives operate through networks and relationships and increase the cost of non-participation and purposive incentives relate to values or ethics that change the benefit-cost ratio of utility maximization.
For these scholars, the rational choice models, traditionally used to explain policy innovation, ignore how institutional environment conditions individual perceptions of structural incentives. These results from the mesotheory literature underscore the importance of institutions in determining the motivations of policy entrepreneurs and suggest future research should focus on the interplay among individual, institutional, and political factors. While the linkages between personality and outcomes are increasingly being explored with respect to the Western democratic world, far fewer studies have investigated the extent to which these framework travels to the authoritarian contexts. Section 3. Policy Innovation in China Despite its authoritarian structure, scholars have pointed to China's gradual adaptive change hallmarked by policy experimentation as one of the key sources behind the regime's resiliency. Central policymakers historically encourage innovation at the local level, including national awards for governance innovations. Thus, despite the associated uncertainty and risk, we observe a great deal of policy innovation at the subnational level since 1980, including pilot programs to change the household registration system, village and township level elections, and social welfare programs. The extant literature on policy innovation in China mirrors the general literature in that it mostly focuses on material incentives to encourage policymakers to innovate. The party-state bureaucracy manages officials through a performance management system that evaluates all officials annually for promotion or punishment. Halman has argued that this system encourages local officials, through an experimentation under hierarchy approach, to innovate in response to governance challenges and then integrate the local experiences back into national policy formulation. This explanation posits that local officials innovate because they are directed and incentivized to do so in a system of hierarchical authority. Although the promotion incentive explanation is dominant, other scholars contend that certain policy entrepreneurs seem to be motivated by less tangible factors, such as maintaining state legitimacy. For example, in Hammond's analysis of the creation of the minimum livelihood guarantee policy, this was advocated by a minister of the Ministry of Civil Affairs in response to his perception of poverty as a major challenge to social stability, despite the initial lack of interest from the central government. Additionally, he and Zhu trace how entrepreneurial officials advocate for policy change without central support, and sometimes in the face of substantial challenges. These cases of innovation being motivated by performance legitimacy suggest that purely material incentive explanations are unsatisfying to fully explain the impetus for policy experimentation both from theoretical and empirical perspectives. Theoretically, this explanation assumes that all subnational officials respond in similar ways to structural incentives. However, decisions made under conditions of risk and uncertainty might evidence more variability in outcomes depending on loss aversion. Empirically, Heilman et al find that out of a 53 cases of high-technology zone policy experiments, 39 cases evidence medium to very high functional deviation from the intended goals. To better explain these outcomes, we argue that individual-level attributes interact with institutional incentives in a way that creates variations in outcomes, even in a hard case like China where institutional incentives are particularly strong. If we are correct, this means that individual preferences matter a great deal and need to be included in any explanation of policy innovation. Section 4. Research, Design, Prior Expectations, and Data Collection This project focuses on four interrelated questions. First, to what extent do Chinese policymakers vary in personalities and intrinsic preferences? Secondly, do political personalities identified in the literature on innovation explain variation in policymaker preferences? 
To what extent does variation in policy preferences predict willingness to engage in policy innovation? Finally, how do intrinsic preferences interact with broader structural pressures? And does that explain the propensity of different types of actors to innovate under conditions of heightened risk? In order to answer these questions, we use a principal component analysis with instrumental variables, in brackets, PCAIV approach, that combines both principal component analysis and multivariate regression. As outlined by Cozzolino et al., PCA is a dimension reduction tool that can be used to condense a large set of variables to a small set that still contains most of the information in the large set. This technique has been widely used in the biological and natural sciences to deal with complex systems within which both individual and environmental factors matter. Principal component analysis, in brackets, PCA, involves a mathematical procedure that transforms a number of possibly correlated variables into a smaller number of uncorrelated variables called principal components. Given its widespread use in the natural sciences, we argue that this technique is appropriate for studying personality, which involves multiple complex and interrelated preferences and environmental factors. Moreover, this technique allows us to address a widespread methodological critique of social science data analysis, multicollinearity. Multicollinearity occurs when regressors on the right-hand side are correlated, and this often raises questions of consistency in the parameter estimates and standard errors for those correlated variables. This has led to a methodological interest in instrumental variables, particularly in the social sciences, where these problems are routine. By reducing the dimensionality of our data to key components, we are able to address potential problems of multicollinearity and better understand the core distinctions in personality types. Our survey instrument was designed to measure three main characteristics existing in the literature. One, risk acceptance and personal efficacy, in other words, entrepreneurship. Two, authoritarian personality, in other words, deference to higher level government authority and three, democratic personality. In other words, openness to incorporating societal input. Based on the behavioralist literature, we measure personal efficacy and risk tolerance. We measure risk tolerance in two ways, through a sequence of questions focused explicitly on risk thresholds, which we aggregate into a risk index using PCA, and secondly, through a series of survey questions about the importance of risk in one's decision to innovate. Our instrument also includes a question on the importance of one's own skill in determining decisions to innovate in order to measure feelings of personal efficacy. Additionally, the survey included a series of questions about orientation toward authority in order to measure authoritarian personality, as well as a series of questions about societal feedback in order to gauge relatively more democratic personalities. By measuring root preference structures that are devoid of substantive political content, we then use PCA to identify four distinct personality types. Aggregate personality involves numerous traits. Thus, using PCA allows us to model this complexity via the identified components, what we refer to as personality types. PCA is central to the research design because it allows us to inductively identify aggregate patterns and common mechanisms rather than artificially forcing theoretical constructs and assumptions on our data. PCA also allows us to address problems of multicollinearity between assumed independent variables by using these uncorrelated predicted values for each personality type to analyze willingness to innovate under heightened risk using a standard ordered logit regression methodology in the instrumental variable, IV, portion of our research design. 
In order to understand the interaction of personality and structural incentives, we designed our survey instrument to measure how base preferences interact with structural factors, like officials' incentive structures around promotion and punishment. Most importantly, we also included an additional question, not included in our PCA models, to serve as a test of how personalities interact with structural changes under risk. In particular, the Xi Jinping administration represents an important qualitative break with previous administrations as the ongoing anti-corruption campaign has significantly increased risk for local officials. Thus, the IV portion of our analysis uses a proxy measure for increased risk in recent years as a dependent variable to predict the ways that different personalities will respond to a heightened risk environment. Overall, our PCA-IV research design allows us to use PCA to inductively analyze the extent to which intrinsic preferences and personalities vary, and whether preferences can be aggregated into personality types suggested in the literature on policy innovation. This also reduces the complexity of the data while retaining the original information and produces a series of uncorrelated predicted values for personalities that we use as instrumental variables in standard multivariate regression to understand and predict how individuals respond to conditions of heightened risk. In doing so, we are able to explain both the congruence between structural incentives and local policy in some localities and the divergence between top-down pressures and local innovation in others. In short, local leaders matter, and understanding variation in personalities can help us to understand local policy innovation. Prior expectations. Relying on the behavioralist literature, we anticipate that risk propensity is strongly rooted in personality. Thus, we should expect different personalities to vary in their response to structural pressures, based in part on how they perceive relative gains and losses. As Nicholson et al. highlight, risk takers can be divided into three types. Stimulation seekers, goal achievers, and risk adapters, with the latter two distinguished as risk bearers as opposed to risk takers. These findings link to the literature on policy entrepreneurship, where we expect that the influence of structural pressures is moderated by individuals' risk propensity and feelings of personal efficacy. We should expect that officials who score highly in predicted levels of entrepreneurship may perceive the benefits of innovation to be worth it, even under conditions of heightened risk because they are more tolerant of risk and confident in their ability to adapt. In terms of political personalities, the literature on authoritarian personality and the Chinese literature on cadre evaluations would lead us to expect authoritarian personality types to be highly sensitive to structural shifts in the risk environment because of strong adherence to top-down signals and deference to hierarchy. Data Collection we administered surveys resulting in 937 completed surveys conducted in two waves, from May to December 2017, resulting in 678 observations, and in the summer of 2018 in May and June, which yielded another 259 observations. Our survey was initially cancelled several times in 2016, due to political sensitivities around the party discipline and anti-corruption campaigns. Instead of conducting the survey as a foreign entity, we were ultimately able to embed our questions as one part of a general survey on local governance administered as part of a cadre training programs. We relied on the strategy in order to be able to survey such a sensitive population, but it potentially restricts the sample or biases in ways for which we cannot control. For example, we cannot know the selection process for attending that particular training, how this might bias our data, 
or how our population compares to the total universe of cases, the thousands of local officials working throughout China. Additionally, because our survey was compulsory for those in the cadre training course, we are not able to calculate the non-response rate of our survey. However, it was not compulsory for subjects to answer every question, and we calculated a non-response rate for each question within our sample. Despite a number of factors out of our control, we conducted a thorough review of summary statistics with respect to key demographic variables such as position, region, gender, education, and age, all of which could potentially skew our findings. Our key variables are normally distributed. The population has an average age of 42 and an average working experience of almost 19 years. There's also considerable variation in terms of position level, so our population is representative of leaders throughout the Chinese hierarchy. As one might expect, given our target population of political leadership, the sample skews toward the educated, with more than 600 participants having completed tertiary education or above. The samples also are heavily male, with only 188 female participants. This is in line with what we would expect given our target population. Additionally, in terms of regional distribution, our sample covers participants from eight different provinces, but is not evenly distributed across all provinces. 35% of our sample comes from Shidong province, 20% from Guadong, and 15% from Hebei province. The remaining five provinces, Anhui, Gansu, Hubei, Yunnan, and Shaanxi, individually account for between 5 to 10% of our total sample respectively. This means our sample is skewed toward the more developed provinces, but nevertheless, the remaining five provinces represent a heterogeneous range of development and socio-political sub-national environments. In short, the sample does allow us to make general inferences about a large subsection of local officials throughout China. Our goal is not to have a perfectly representative sample, but a sample that is large enough and representative enough to make inferences regarding our core questions surrounding variability in personality types. We contend that our analysis of this sample gives us confidence that we meet that bar. One final caveat is an order about single country origin of our data. Our research design is set up and framed around a specific target population, local leaders in China. Methodologically, our primary objective is whether we can say something substantive about our research questions as they apply within China, and our sample size is large enough for this. However, we cannot make any claims about the generalizability of our findings to other comparative contexts. In addition to a governance structure that blends strong authoritarianism with quasi-federalism, Xi Jinping has strengthened authoritarian institutions to consolidate central power during this period of time. For these reasons, our baseline assumptions are that we should expect large segments of our population to be highly sensitive to hierarchy. In this regard, the origin of our data makes this a least likely case study for the importance of alter alternative personality types and variation in behavior. To the extent that more democratic-oriented or entrepreneurial personalities exist within the Chinese bureaucracy, we might assume that this type of variation does carry over to other bureaucracies throughout the world, most of whom are comparatively liberal relative to China and have less authoritarian selection pressures. In this regard, our case selection might be considered a methodological advantage because the existence of significant variation in political personalities in China bolsters this case for generalizability. Moreover, the congruence between our findings on personality differences and the empirical literature in behavioralist and personality theory lends support to the argument that these findings might be replicable in other political contexts. Section 5. Results 
PCA calculates a factor loading for each of the variables based on correlation matrices. The PCA method aims to extract the main orthogonal contributors, principal components, which explain most of the variance of the data matrix analyzed. Therefore, the results are reported as factor loadings, which are essentially the weights of each of the original variables as relates to each of the identified components. A general rule of thumb is that a factor loading above 0.3 is considered to be a strong relationship, so we only report those loadings that meet this threshold. The larger the factor loading, those closest to approaching negative 1 or 1, have a more significant impact on defining each component. For these reasons, we also highlight original variables that are particularly important for defining the personalities identified by the PCA. We also only report components that have an eigenvalue above 1, which essentially is an indicator that the component explains more variance in the data than a single variable. As mentioned, our survey instrument included three questions that were designed to measure risk propensity by asking what likelihood of failure one would be willing to accept in order to innovate. We used PCA to aggregate these answers into a risk index score for respondents. The results in the first four of our components suggest there is a link to distinct personality types. As we expected, Two of these personality types, components 2 and 3, are distinctly authoritarian in nature. The PCA further illustrates its utility for inductive analysis in distinguishing between authoritarian personality types. We label component 2 strategic autocrat because of significant loadings on factors we would typically associate with entrepreneurial personalities agreement with the question that innovation is the product of one's own individual preference. However, we see significant loadings on factors traditionally associated with Chinese autocrats. High agreement on the importance of the cadre evaluation system, and most strikingly, the importance of central directives. With the factor loading of 0.572, hierarchical directions from the central government are the defining feature of this personality type. In this regard, this component fits most closely assumptions regarding Chinese policymakers. We labeled component 3 bureaucratic autocrat because it is defined most clearly by fear of punishment from supervisors. Those in this category most frequently cited the fear of failure as an obstacle to innovation with a factor loading of 0.622. It is the most defining aspect of this component. These personalities also score highly in terms of other variables capturing risk, citing uncertainty and risk as an impotent to innovation, as well as the risk of social backlash. In general, this component also captures classical assumptions about autocratic policymakers and support prospect theory's emphasis on downside risk. We label component 1 citizen-oriented and component 4 policy entrepreneur. Component 1 shows a clear cluster clustering of factors focused on social support and input into the policy process. With a high loading of 0.634, the most important question focused on how social support was a central enabling or inhibiting factor in shaping innovation. Component 4 resembles the classic policy entrepreneur hypothesized from the literature. We find high scores on factors related to individual attributes and promotion, including high loadings focused on the importance of one's own skill, one's prior experience, and reliance on one's individual preferences and judgment. The risk index and promotion considerations also factor heavily. To what extent do these components explain variation in the data? Although we might expect autocratic or policy entrepreneur characteristics to be the most distinguishing, scores on citizen orientation appear to explain more of the variation. This does not necessarily mean that there are more of these types of individuals, but rather 
that scores on these questions explain more variation in our data than other components. 16.06% of the overall variance. Somewhat surprisingly, the policy entrepreneur component explained only 8% of overall variance. To illustrate the distinction between personality traits of the two most dominant political personalities, the citizen-oriented and strategic autocrat, the loadings of these top two components are analyzed. Whereas the citizen-oriented leader loads highly on measures related to citizen feedback, the strategic autocrat has a strong preference for the importance of central dictates, the importance of the cadre evaluation system, as well as promotion and elite leadership as core principles of policy innovation. This component also evidences high scores related to the importance of one's own preferences for innovation, which seems to be interacting with the more top-down tendencies of a standard autocratic system. This interaction describes a personality that is willing to engage in experimentation, aligning with central directives, perhaps as a promotion strategy. Although these components clearly show how local leaders vary, it does not necessarily tell us about the relative prevalence of personality types or their predictive utility. To address the question of how these personalities are distributed, we built a personality index that aggregates an individual's predicted scores on each of these four personality types. Based on the PCA analysis above, we identified two personality types the citizen-oriented and entrepreneurial components that were relatively more democratic in orientation in that they are defined by non-hierarchical characteristics. Scores on these personality traits were inverted, such that a high score on one of these components resulted in a higher negative score in our index. Strong positive scores on the autocratic personality components remained positive. We added these scores into a composite personality index, which uniquely identified each respondent on a scale of negative 10 to 10, with more positive scores indicating a more autocratic personality. These results show a relatively normal distribution, with tests for normality indicating that this distribution is normal based on kurtosis, but not based on skewness. For this reason, the joint chi-squared test for normality just misses the 0.05 threshold. Nevertheless, the distribution shows that there is significant variation within our sample. While the mean score indicates that our population does skew toward the authoritarian side of the spectrum, authoritarian personalities do not represent a supermajority within our sample. In other words, more democratic-oriented leaders exist and represent a sizable component of the local leadership. As a robustness check, we then use predicted values of personality type as instrumental variables to predict responses to an out-of-sample question through a series of ordered logit models. This allows us to test the predictive utility of personality types and explore the interaction of individuals with strong structural incentives. In an evolutionary framework, the interaction between individual and structural factors is the focus for understanding change. In order to simulate that interaction, we used a natural experiment design to test how respondents view innovation in recent years since Xi Jinping took office. This allows us to test the responsiveness of these personality types to shifting structural pressures facing government officials. The Xi Jinping administration represents an important qualitative break with past administrations by dramatically raising the level of risk for local officials engaging in policy experimentation with institutional changes in power, recentralization, and anti-corruption campaigns. Since 2012, more than 1 million officials have been investigated and punished, resulting in paralysis of officials afraid to make any decision that might draw attention. Regarding policy innovation, Halman finds that the number of provincial-level policy pilots declined from 500 in 2010 to about 70 in 2016, and over the same period, 
the share of national regulations with experimental status dropped from nearly 20% to about 5%. Clearly, increased risk and uncertainty are decreasing the amount of policy innovation in China. To identify interrelationships between political personalities and policy innovation under conditions of structural change, we use survey responses to a question about if policymakers are willing to innovate recently, a euphemism for Xi Jinping's administration. To be clear, due to political sensitivities, we did, do not mention the current administration in the survey, but instead ask the following. Do you agree with this statement? Local officials have been unwilling to innovate in recent years. This is not a measurement of whether or not policy experimentation is actually occurring, but the perception of local officials as to whether they see a reduction in policy experimentation under the current administration. Based on the personality literature, we expect officials with varying political personalities to perceive the current environment differently. Under increasing political risk, we predict that those personalities most influenced by structural incentives will follow central signals and halt experimentation. Overall, this should appear in the data like a reduction in perceptions of willingness to experiment for the strategic autocrats and the bureaucratic autocrats. In order to test the relationship between personality types and structural shifts, we generated a series of ordered logit models that use agreement with the innovation in recent years question as our dependent variable. In our analysis, we use both the personality index and distinct personality types to predict agreement with this question. In addition, we include four control variables based on the literature on policy innovation in China for gender, education level, position level, and whether one is a cadre who's ro rotated or spends their entire career in one area. The results from the first two models show that our personality index is highly significant and in the hypothesized direction. More autocratic personalities are more likely to agree with this question. In other words, they are highly sensitive to changes in the risk environment even after controlling for other factors, such as position level that might reduce sensitivity to environmental risk. Model 3, which uses predicted values on the four distinct personality types as instrumental variables, demonstrates that the strategic autocrat is the personality type significantly correlated with greater perception of risk. In these models, as well as a series of robustness checks, citizen-oriented personalities and entrepreneurial personalities appear more resistant to shifting perceptions of risk. Both sets of models show that autocratic personalities are consistently more willing to agree that innovation is risky under the current administration. None of our control variables are significant once we add personality types. Although all personality types seem to be less willing to experiment under conditions of heightened risk and uncertainty, the political personalities influenced by citizen input are slightly less sensitive to shifts in the environment. Officials with more citizen-oriented political personalities might continue to experiment, but perhaps not at the same pace, visibility, and scope as before. Given that this personality type has proven to be one of the most important in explaining willingness to innovate, this trend does not bode well for the future of local policy experimentation that is often cited as the cornerstone of China's responsive authoritarianism. The utilization of an evolutionary framework helps specify interactions between individuals and institutions. The individual attributes drawn from the behavioral social science literature like risk tolerance, personal efficacy, orientation toward authority, and importance of cognition, learning via feedback, are important in constructing political personalities. We find that policymakers' individual attributes influence their willingness to innovate, which is responsive to, but not determined by, changes in the institutional structure. Thus, our theory of individual personalities for policy innovation explains variation in response to increasing risk and the uncertainty of policy innovation. 
Our hypotheses that these political personalities more attuned to promotion incentives and pressure from the social government are less likely to innovate under conditions of increasing risk are supported, as is our hypothesis that the citizen-oriented political personality is more likely to innovate under these same conditions. However, we find two surprising outcomes. One is how much of an impact the citizen-oriented political personalities have on explaining variation in the data set, explaining 16.1% of the variation in our data, significantly more than any other component. The other surprising finding is the relatively small impact of the policy entrepreneur personality found in the majority of the policy innovation literature. The political personality most important for policy innovation may not be the risk-acceptant policy entrepreneurs, as Kim and Lindenu argue, but rather the multi-stakeholder-oriented leaders that Min Trom and Norman argue are characterized by social acuity and effective at building teams. This mirrors the findings of the literature on policy innovation in democracies, that changing policies are driven by officials responding to citizen needs. Additionally, the policy entrepreneurs are more responsive to changing structural incentives than the citizen-oriented officials, meaning that they are more likely to stop innovating as the central government signals a more restrictive policy space. In general, these findings support the validity of using an interactive framework for analyzing the motivations for policy innovation, one that focuses on the interaction of agent variation and structural incentives. Consistent with the behavioralist social science literature, we find evidence for the significance of both individual and structural factors, which highlights how dissimilar individuals may respond differentially to common incentives and structural shifts that increase risk. Section 6, Implications and Conclusion. This study demonstrates first that even under conditions of a strong authoritarian regime, individuals fundamentally vary in terms of base-level preferences, displaying distinct political personalities. However, political personalities alone are insufficient for understanding policy innovation. We must also explain how individual characteristics interact with structural factors, namely, how do we understand the interaction between preferences and institutions? The discipline of political science has traditionally struggled with this, especially during times of structural change. Our research addresses this gap by focusing explicitly on the interaction between extrinsic and intrinsic motivations of local government policymakers for policy innovation using the case of China. We find that individual preferences for policy innovation are a vital but often missing part of the explanation, and that the interaction between the, these preferences and institutional incentives determine policy innovation. Moreover, we find that these preferences or innovative personalities are foundational to explaining policy innovation in that even as the institutional context shifts to discourage innovation, certain policy entrepreneurs will continue to innovate. We use the case of China since its strong top-down bureaucratic system would predict that we should expect less variation in local officials' behavior. As we find significant variation in such a strong authoritarian bureaucracy correlated to willingness to innovate, this gives us stronger evidence of the importance of individual-level factors. Moreover, the case of China allows a natural experimental design in that under Xi Jinping's rule beginning in 2012, previously high levels of policy innovation have been declining due to heightened political risk. By testing policymakers' continued willingness to innovate, we are able to examine if intrinsic motivation influences innovation even as the incentives, extrinsic motivation, to innovate disappear. Our evolutionary approach to studying policy innovation allows us to study the complex interaction between individuals and systems to show how and when changing structural conditions cause changes in behavior. 
Specifically, our results speak to concerns that the ongoing anti-corruption campaign and significant recentralization of power in China are having a negative impact on the pace and scope of reform that many believe characterize the resiliency of the Communist Party. Our data shows that many local government officials are risk-averse and deferential to hierarchy. As the level of risk increases substantially throughout the system, or promotion incentives for policy innovation are not clear, it seems that a significant proportion of local government officials will stop experimenting, as we see in the recent data on policy experimentation. However, we also find that a certain number of officials will continue to innovate, even in the face of significant structural pressures. But the relative prevalence of these individuals and their continued willingness to innovate under more prolonged or more severe forms of risk remains an open question for future study. The question for institutional change under conditions of autocracy is of key concern to scholars of institutions, comparative authoritarianism, and China alike. Dominant accounts of institutional change under autocracy tend to focus on top-down selection pressures and elite politics at the expense of more bottom-up or horizontal drivers of change. In contrast, this study started from current empirical findings in evolutionary theory that agent heterogeneity is a fundamental component of any complex system. This helps to explain why the literature on policy innovation in China, and more broadly in other countries, has found that extrinsic motivations such as promotion and punishment are insufficient for understanding the extent and types of innovation observed over time and across geography. Our findings provide significant support for the notion of a more disaggregated and interactive view of institutions and policy innovation. At the most basic level, it is clear that officials vary significantly in the way they perceive selection mechanisms and to the extent to which personalities and preferences shape their behavior. Both individual entrepreneurship and bureaucratic selection matter to local officials, but our evidence demonstrates that they matter differentially. Based on these findings, we contend that it is important to comprehensively understand the determinants of policy innovation in a single-party authoritarian bureaucracy, since this experimentation has the potential to endogenously reshape policies and institutions. This is vital to understanding durability and adaptation in authoritarian regimes that lack mechanisms of information collection about policy performance and citizen satisfaction. We offer this methodology as one easily incorporated into research designs to measure individual preferences along with structural pressures to better understand change.